Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. I'm Katie, and I'm here with... Hey everyone, it's Nika Farb. Welcome back. I don't know if you guys saw our Instagram post this week, but this episode is for all of our Canadians out there. Shout out to the residents of the Great White North. If you're American, you want to listen in, like this is going to be a pretty interesting conversation about how Canadian tax accounts work. So if you want to drop off, listen to the next one definitely do it. If you want to listen in, go for it. But today we're going to be going into how to prepare for tax season in terms of setting up your RRSP. So Katie, tax season is upon us. Miss Accountant, I'm going to ask you, did you file your taxes yet? Oh, no, not yet. I've been loafing on them, but I will get to it soon. Speaking of taxes, Nika, What do you do when it comes to taxes? Do you hire an accountant? Do you use softwares like TurboTax? What do you do when it comes to your taxes? Well, I should probably just get you to do them for me. (laughs) (laughs) But but what I usually do um, is I used to use a platform called SimpleTax and it was free. And Wealthsimple actually just bought them. So it makes things a lot easier for me because I already have a bunch of accounts with Wealthsimple. but yeah, I've been doing it online. Like I usually use the free tools. Like I said, Simple Tax. Now it's Wealth Simple. And I remember the first time I filed my taxes on my own was about three years ago, four four years ago now. Started working, and it was, you know, one of those years where I got a T four, and it was the first year that I didn't get my dad to file my taxes for me. And I felt like a, an official adult and a bit of a badass when I hit submit and I got a return. And I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Um, so it was a pretty cool moment. And it takes a bit of knowledge. And I feel like every year since that initial year, I've learned so much about how to file them properly. And most importantly, how to make sure that I actually get a return instead of owing the government more money at the end of filing. And a great way to do that is to contribute to your RRSP account. And Katie, I'll let you explain what an RRSP is. Yeah, but before we get into that, I have another question for you. What do you do with the amount you get back from the government? Oh, that's an awesome question. Okay, so this year, I I literally filed my taxes like two days ago. I contribute to my RSPs, which we'll talk about at length. Um, I have two different RSP accounts, one that my employer contributes to. So I still work full time. So my employer matches my contributions in that account. And then in order to max out my contributions, just so I can get a return instead of owing the government money, because um, I, I don't like owing the government money, <laughs> I use my Wealth Simple account. So what I do is I'll go on to Simple Tax and or it used to be Simple Tax, now it's Wealth Simple. Um, I upload a version of my T4. A T4 is a tax document that your employer gives you for the previous calendar year. So usually they release it in early February and it's a government document that has a bunch of information on it, different cells, but the most important thing it will tell you is how much you earned last year. um, And that will determine what tax bracket you're in. So Wealthsimple is awesome because it automatically connects to your CRA account. CRA is the Canadian Revenue Agency. It pulls that information for you and it automatically uploads it all. Um, And then I kind of play around with the numbers to see how much I need to contribute to my RSP to get a refund. (laughs) Then I take that refund check. This year I got $2,000 as a refund. Cha-ching. That check is going into my TFSA account and I'm going to grow that money tax-free. Yay! (laughs) Tax-free savings! 
that was all in one breath, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. So bottom line is you're investing that money and growing it even more tax-free. Yeah. Tax-free. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's what you guys should be doing with any money that you get back, any tax refunds you get back from the government, you should be putting your money to work for you. So that's great to hear, Nika. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, so yeah, let's get into, we talked a little bit about the TFSA before and Nika just mentioned it, but now we're going to get into the other Canadian registered account, which is the RRSP. So RRSP stands for Registered Retirement Savings Plan. And an RRSP is a Canadian registered account where you can grow your money essentially tax-free. And this account is meant to invest your money and grow your money for the long-term or for retirement. When it comes to the RRSP, there is two main benefits. The first benefit is that it allows you to defer your taxes to a future year. When you contribute to your RRSP, you're able to deduct that amount and reduce the amount of taxes you pay this year. And you're able to defer those taxes until you retire. And at that time when you retire, the hope is that you're going to be making a lot less income and going to be in a lower tax bracket and therefore will pay a lot less in taxes. So the second benefit of the RRSP is like I mentioned before, it allows you to grow your investments or it allows your investments within your account to grow tax-free. So your income is tax sheltered, meaning that any income that you earn inside your RRSP will not be taxed. Yeah. So if, if anyone was listening to that and was like, what, what did I just listen to? And kind of, you know, it's a dry topic. Um, basically an RSP is an account that you open. It's usually free to open. You can open it with your bank. You can open it with a discount brokerage like Wealthsimple. We have some links in our bio. If you open one, we give you $50 to contribute, which is awesome because it's free money and who doesn't like free money but it's it's an account that you can then make investments in so what katie was saying about like growing your money tax-free you use that account to buy stocks bonds whatever you want to invest in and whatever you want to contribute and you ideally take that money out when you retire i just wanted to put it in layman's terms guys because you know taxes are you know, especially if it's the first time that you're filing your taxes, it can be overwhelming. Don't worry. I, I felt like that too. And it's awesome that you're listening to this because we're trying to break it down into the simplest steps for you. Most important thing you need to take away from this is one, you need to open an RSP. Two, it takes at least three business days for money to get contributed into it, unless it's like through your, your bank directly. Um, but the deadline to contribute to reduce your taxable income for 2020 is March 1st, March 1st of this year, which is Friday. This episode's coming out on Wednesday. You need to remember that you should contribute before March 1st. If you don't contribute before March 1st, not the end of the world, you don't lose that contribution room, which Katie and I will get into, like what is contribution room and how do we figure that out? Um, you can just contribute whatever that room is for next year, but you might have to um, pay the government, or you you might have to owe a little bit on your tax return. So uh, contributing to your RSP is a way to get, a, get away from that. It's a way to avoid that. And the deadline to do that for this year, for it to count, is March 1st. So let me ask you a question, Nika. How old do you need to be to start contributing to your RRSP? You need to be 18. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's the one of the biggest misconceptions because with the TFSA, you absolutely have to be 18 to start contributing. Um, but with your RRSP, you can start contributing at any age, um, but you have to start contributing the year after you start earning money. So I think to get a job in Canada, minimum wage, like at McDonald's, you need to be 14. So I would say maybe 15 is like the average age people can start contributing to their RRSP. Wow. I had no idea. There you go, guys. You learn something new every day. Yeah. So this can be for anyone at any age. You don't need to be a certain age to start contributing it. You just have to start earning money. And then the following year you can contribute. Katie said one key thing there. She, she said you can contribute as soon as you start to earn an employee income because that's when the T4 that your employer has to provide to the government gets sent to you so you know how much you earned the year before and you use that information to figure out what your limit is. So why don't we get into limits because we've talked about it a little bit. Can So as we just mentioned, there's no minimum age you have to be to start contributing to your RSP, but there is a maximum age. Nika, do you know what that maximum age is? I'm going to guess 65, but I could be wrong. That's close. Yes. Uh, It's 71. Okay. Awesome. So now we know that as long as you're working last year and you're legal age to work, you can create an RSP account. And now we know that if you're older than 71, one, you're probably not listening to our podcast, but hey, if you are sorry, you can't create an RSP. Um, Katie, why don't we get into contribution room? Because I think this is where a lot of people get a little bit lost and where it's tough to understand how much you can contribute, how much you need to contribute, all that. RRSP contribution room is based off of your income. So every year your contribution room will increase by 18% of the income you earned in the previous year. There's a limit and the limit is the lower of, again, 18% of the income you earned in the previous year, or it's capped at a certain amount that the government um, decides every year. And this amount for 2020 is $27,230. Okay, guys. So if you didn't contribute last year, not the end of the world, because anything that you didn't contribute, you don't lose that room. So you can always contribute last year's amount on top of this year's amount. So, you know, especially in your early years of working, $27,000 to contribute sounds like a lot, you know, especially if it's like an entry-level position, like that's like what, half your salary, third of your salary, crazy. And if you're trying to save for a house, you're trying to do all of these things that you're planning for financially, it's tough to fully contribute. So the good thing is if you don't max out your contributions, you don't lose that room. Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about the RRSP. Um, I just wanted to clarify in case it wasn't clear. When I say 18% of the income you earned from the previous year, that's just that's not just employment income. That's pre-tax employment income. That's your net business income. That's your rental income. And that's your disability income. And no, investment income is not included in it. That's really good to know, Katie. Yeah. So as Nika mentioned, you can carry forward your unused contribution room into future years. And the same thing can be said for your deductions. So when you contribute to your RSP, one of the great things and one of the major benefits, as we mentioned before, is you can deduct that amount from your taxable income. 
But let's say you just started working and you contributed, but you're at a pretty low tax bracket. It might not make the most sense for you to use that deduction this year. So you're able to take that deduction and carry that forward as well into future years when let's say you're making more money and you're in a higher tax bracket. I think you said something that was really critical, Katie. So when you first start out, you're not making the, the highest potential of what your salary is going to be. Like you're starting off, if you come out of university, usually it's an entry-level position. Um, you know, it's the typical like catch 22 where everybody wants to hire somebody with experience, but you have no experience. And so you start off and you're not making a whole lot. And then as you grow, as you progress your career, your salary grows year over year as well. And so your contribution room grows to match that, which I think is awesome. Um, But it is capped at a certain point. Yeah. And just a note, as Nika mentioned before, a lot of you may have your employer that offers an RSP or a pension plan matching program which is amazing because it's essentially you're getting free money from your employer. But just to note, when your employer contributes to your RSP or matches your contribution, that contribution amount that your employer contributes also goes towards your contribution room. That's taking away from the amount you can contribute. Guys, that is such a key thing. If your employer matches contributions, definitely look into it. Usually the way to find this out, when you first sign up and start working for a company, they will tell you all of that information. They'll tell you what your contribution matching is. It might be in your contract, um, but it's considered a benefit. Like it's a huge benefit because it's free money that the company gives you to retire. So if your employer offers it, I highly, highly recommend taking advantage. If you don't know if your employer contributes, ask your HR rep. Go back to your offer letter and see if there is a contribution that the employer makes. Um, Usually they have their own financial institution that they choose to invest through. So for example, for me, it's done through IA Financial. I have no accounts with IA Financial outside of this RSP. Sometimes you can have those contributions move to a different account, like a personal account, uh, but every employer is a little bit different. Like I said, it's, it's been something that's been really key for my RSP growth. My risk profile on in my RSP account is set to maximum aggressive, like highly aggressive. And that's just me. That's just my risk profile. But usually if it is um, an RSP account that you're investing in, it will ask you what your risk tolerance is if you want them to invest into different stocks or bonds or whatever for you. Or you can have it set to be self-managed where you are making those investment choices. And it's similar to a TFSA in the sense where you pick stocks or ETFs or index funds that you want to invest in and you allocate how much of your portfolio you want to go to each one. So it all depends on if you want to actively manage or passively manage this account. I choose to passively manage it because I'm not retiring anytime soon, retiring in like the, you know, the typical retiring sense. Um, And I don't necessarily want to take out my money from my RSP because I'm going to incur tax on it. And I want to defer that tax as far as possible for when my income is at its peak uh, so that I can afford to pay the government more money. But for right now, I have my RSP account very passively invested in an aggressive stock portfolio. And the reason why, again, is I have a lot of time. I always say time in the market over timing the market. And it's you know, it's proven that over the long term, the level of risk decreases. That was my rant there, guys. I'm done. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so Nika, while we're still on the topic of contribution room, do you know how much contribution room you have currently? Yep, I think I have 27,000 that's left for this year. Oh, wow, that's great. I have no idea. <laughs> and so I maybe naively assumed a lot of you probably also have no idea how much contribution room you have, and that's okay. Um, so you can check your available contribution room after you file your taxes by checking your notice of assessment. And you can check this by logging into your MyCRA account. A notice of assessment is just basically like a confirmation uh, from the government saying, thanks, we received your filing. This is how much space you have to still contribute. So it's, it's kind of a cool way to check. And the CRA actually has a section on their site where you can go to look at any documents or files that they've sent you. So there's a whole section in there where you can look at your NOAs for the past, the past multiple years. So if you wanted to refer back and see your old T4s, those are in there as well. And you can check those out. And it's super, super, super important to know how much available contribution room you have and check your NOA. Because if you over contribute in your RRSP, you will be charged a 1% fee every month on the amount that you over contribute or the excess um, money that you put in that's over your contribution limit. Um, the government does give you like a $2,000 threshold like leeway where you won't get charged if you over contribute, but this is mostly to help people in case they get confused. But if you over contribute any more than that, you will be taxed or, or you will be charged 1% on that full amount. And if you think about that, like 1% a month times 12 months, you're paying 12% on that. And that's a hefty amount of money to pay on an over contribution, which you can easily avoid by just checking your NOA and knowing how much money you can contribute for the year. Yeah, that's a huge expense that is so easily avoided. And to be honest, like logically, why? Why would you over contribute when there are so many better ways to grow your money tax free, like investing in your TFSA, which is another account that Katie and I are super fond of. That's going to be a whole different episode. Yeah, that, <laughs> I that's, love the TFSA. <laughs> no, the TFSA is definitely my favorite account too, um, mainly because it's it's a lot easier to take your money out. And it's, uh, it's where I personally manage my stock portfolio instead of my RSP again, because I'm not taking money out of my RSP anytime soon. But that being said, why don't we talk about what happens if you want to take your money out, in what circumstances it's okay to take your money out, and what benefits you get from that? Yeah, so there is no penalty. Um, and I think this is also a common misconception. There is no penalty when withdrawing money out of your account before you retire or before the age of 71. But it is important to remember that all money that you withdraw gets taxed at reg as regular income. So the money you get taxed gets added onto your taxable income for the year. So whatever tax bracket you're in, you're getting taxed at that rate on that full amount. Um, whereas if you withdraw that amount during retirement, when you're at a lower tax bracket, because you're making less money, you're going to be paying a lot less in taxes. Another important thing to remember when you're thinking about making withdrawals out of your RSP 
is that any amount that you withdraw from your RRSP, you don't get back. That contribution room is lost forever, unlike the TFSA. So for the rest of your life, you're going to miss out on that amount of money that you could have grown even more tax-free. So here's the thing. What an RSP account is used for is to grow your money for retirement. So you invest it, it earns, let's say, 12%, 15% returns every year, whatever, and, and it grows. So Katie likes to talk about the rule of 72, which we'll do a whole other episode on. That's a super interesting concept, but basically your money grows. So if you invest 13000 let's say, let's use 10000 for a nice round number, you have the opportunity to turn that 10000 into into 100000 So you're not, I wouldn't necessarily even say that you're losing that contribution room alone. You're also losing the opportunity cost to grow your money and to make returns on it and to make returns that are tax deferred for at least for a little while. So I think that's a really key point. If you never took economics or aren't familiar with the concept of an opportunity cost, it's basically the cost of what you're missing that's not tangible. So you're, you don't necessarily see those returns right away. You see them after having that money invested in, let's say, 30 years, but you miss out. That opportunity cost is what you miss out on. When you withdraw an amount from your RSP, you don't get the full amount because your bank or your broker will immediately charge you a withholding tax up to 30%. So for example, let's say you want to purchase a car for $20,000 and you have $20,000 in your RRSP. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to withdraw this amount and this is going to help pay for this car that I need or that I want. When you withdraw that amount, you're not getting that full $20,000 your bank is going to keep 30% of that as a withholding tax. And then at the end of the year, when you file your taxes, you will either receive a tax refund if you overpaid or paid too much, or you will have to pay even more taxes if there's a difference. So withholding taxes isn't a penalty and doesn't increase the amount of taxes that you have to pay. It's just forcing you to pay some of the taxes on your withdrawal up front and then pay the rest when you file your tax return. So just to give you a little bit of info, there's three different levels to withholding tax. If you withdraw $5,000, you will pay 10% in withholding tax to your bank or broker when you withdraw the money. If you withdraw anywhere between $5,000 and $15,000, you're going to pay 20% in withholding tax and any amount over $15,000, you're going to pay 30,000 in withholding tax. So what I want all of you to take away from this is if you absolutely need to withdraw from your RSP before you retire, which I don't recommend, plan ahead and remember that the amount that you withdraw will not be the amount that you take home and put in your pocket. Katie, the one thing that I, I want to add there is if you want to take out money from your RSP and use it to buy your first home, there's a program. It's called the Home Buyers Plan, the HBP, which allows you to withdraw your funds from your RSP to build or buy a qualifying home for yourself or a person with a disability. 
and it allows you to pay back the funds that you take out within a 15-year period. So you you take the funds out, but you have to put them back in within a 15-year period, and you don't lose that contribution room if it's in the case of buying your first home. And there are certain criteria, like it needs to be, um, you need to be a first-time home buyer. It doesn't necessarily need to be a home. It can be a condo. You need to be a resident of Canada when you take the funds out of your RSP. And you need to occupy the home as your principal year of residence within one year after buying or building it. If you buy it or build it and you don't live there within the first year, then you're not eligible for the HBP benefit. There's some forms that you guys need to know about as well. So if you're interested in buying real estate and you want to buy your first home, you want to take advantage of the home buyer's plan, there's a form. It's called the T1036. So T1036. And it's a home buyer's plan request to to withdraw funds from your RSP. You have to fill it out for each withdrawal that you make. There's a specific section in it, area one, that you fill out, and then you give it to your RSP issuer. So let's say for me, it's well, simple, like I said, or IA financial, and then they fill out area two. You can either make one withdrawal or you can make a series of withdrawals in the same calendar year, but there is a cap for how much you can take out. And that cap is $35,000. So those are our thoughts on how an RSP works, what are the benefits, why you should have one. It's a great account to have. If you don't have one, again, check out our links in our bio. It will let you create a wealth simple account and then you get $50 worth of free money to contribute, which can help you reverse those tax returns and have the government pay you a return. And then something that you might want to take away from this is take that return and invest it in your TFSA so that you can grow some money. That's all that we had for today, guys. I know taxes are kind of a dry topic, so we'll do a small series. We don't want to keep you guys too long, so happy this episode was short and sweet. We'll end it off here. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. So if there's anything that you want to hear more of, anything you want to hear less of, we love your feedback. Shoot us a DM. Send us an email, media at misfindependent.com. If you have any guest recommendations for us, let us know. We have an awesome lineup of guests that I'm so excited to share with you coming up for the next couple months. That's right, guys. We are booking out guests months in advance now. So that's huge. It's something that Katie and I have been working really hard behind the scenes on. And if you have anybody else that you want us to have on, definitely shoot us a DM or send us an email. And we'd love to have them on if they're open to it. As always, ta-ta for now, guys. And we'll see you next Wednesday.